This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. It's Que Golazo Weekend Recap Time. Man City. Man City continues to demolish teams from left and right as they beat West Ham. Chelsea and Man United draw to a non entertaining result. We have Sevilla losing to Barcelona to nothing. AC Milan and Inter win, so the race in Serie A continues to heat up. We have matches in the Bundesliga all across Europe. Heath Beers and Jimmy Conrad. Kego Lasso Weekend Recap begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kego Lasso Weekend Recap. Jimmy Conrad, what's up, brother? What is up? It feels like a lifetime ago since we last did one, but I think it was only two days ago, three days ago. <laughs> well, yeah, and you missed the other one, so that's why it feels a lot of lifetime ago. So it's good that's to have right, you. That's right. That's right. I did. It's good to have you. And with us, of course, as well is Gerd Heath Pierce Muller with his. If you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, he's he's honoring right now a beautiful mustache right it here. It looks fake. It looks fake. I yeah, look, if, it's not, though, is it? It's not. And if it was a, if there was a day you were going to watch this uh, visually and and take it in audibly, this is the one, you know, it, when I've got the mustache out. Absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, good to have you both here, as always. Hey, everybody. It's our weekend recap uh, talking about all the action that was. And we begin, of course, in the Premier League. And a great, I mean, we said it was a good weekend, a great weekend for Pep Guardiola sitting back having a glass of wine right now as he watched everybody else below Man City just losing or drawing. Jimmy Conrad, Man City takes a good win against West Ham. 2-1. Thoughts on that one? The fact that their two center backs, Ruben Diaz and John Stones, scored really speaks to the, oh crap, the rest of the league should be in trouble. Because even if their top guys don't do the business, they still have their lowly center backs, as we used to be known back in the day, doing the business and scraping a pretty good result against West Ham. That is now 20 straight wins. That is ridiculous. They've taken 19, or excuse me, they've taken the lead in 19 out of their, those 20 wins, uh, those 20 games. It's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And the one time they didn't have the lead was in the FA Cup against like fifth play, fifth division Cheltenham. I can't say it. <laughs> but, but that, that, that was there. That was there. You know, they had the B squad out there and they were really trying and they scored three goals in the last 10 minutes to win that game. I mean, these guys are next level. Kevin De Bruyne is now tied with uh, Harry Kane at the top of the assist uh, table in the Premier League. Uh, Pep Guardiola won his 200th game in charge. Is the fastest by any manager in the history of the game. Uh, Jose Mourinho is 309 games to get the 200 wins. Pep Guardiola, 273. I mean, Kenny Dalglish is third, 333. Don Revy at uh, Leeds and then Bob Paisley. At I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. And of course, you know, the argument is, well, if all those guys got to spend a, a billion dollars on players then maybe they would do the same. But I don't want to take anything away from it. I mean, winning 20 straight matches is something special. And now they're inching closer to setting yet another record. Absolutely. And a very good point about those two center backs. When John Stones and Ruben Diaz get your goals and everybody else is like, yep, go ahead. It's your turn. Then everybody better watch out. A good fight, though, from West Ham. David Boyce, uh, David Boyce, a contender of, uh, we talked about this, Jimmy, last week, a contender for 
uh, Premier 100%. League Manager of the Year, 100%. But Man City is just too good, Heath Pierce. And now they are top of the table still, of course, 62 points. They've only conceded 16 goals, scored 52. They've only lost twice and they've won 19. And as Jimmy said, Guardiola and City and co continue to go on. Thoughts on that game and just Man City overall, to be honest. Yeah, here's a hot take. Uh, Gundogan and De Bruyne were both bang average in that game. But it didn't matter because, mm-hmm. as Jimmy said, the lowly $200 million center back uh, <laughs> defensive line uh, were able to pull through. You know, that it, that does come with uh, a few uh, catches, but they were able to, to come through on this one. And, and, and I do want to point out, as you mentioned, West Ham looked like a Champions League club. They look like a. Th- this is the most challenge I've ever seen for City. I think obviously they were controlling for large stretches, but in the way that West Ham built up, the way that they were, the way that they defended, the way that they were confident moving the ball with urgency when they were in possession, there was just a, a, um, a pace and a confidence to them that didn't look like your team that goes out and says, okay, we're playing with Man City. Let's see how long we can hold on to this lead and hopefully we just keep this respectable. So I do want to point out, but. And then City had seven changes from 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 midweek um, in the Champions League, so I thought that was uh you know again there there's we're coming to a point in the season and we've talked about it now probably for a you know any time post Christmas um, that it's all about depth right uh, and we're and we're seeing the depth start to really really hit whether it's Liverpool or Leicester City and whatnot so um, yeah all credit to, to to Man City being able to just have enough stars that can pull out wins and get them results. Um, yeah, because West Ham, again, was the most challenging I've seen them in. And, and West Ham were good, and they are a very, very good team. But um, City didn't seem all that um, all that phase like they weren't going to be able to come out of this with all points. And by the way, in the very last moments of that game, Tommy uh, Suchek missed just about that header from the, from the free kick. It could you know, something could have happened there, but it was just too much. And to, once again, Jimmy Conrad, to the annoyance of my fantasy team, uh, Pep Guardiola doesn't, doesn't even play Raheem Sterling. Jero Cancelo can just chill. Uh, also Laporte as well. And Bernardo Silva. None of them saw the pitch. They didn't need to. Man City's just too good. They're just Pep too Guardiola, good. Pep Guardiola has uh, no time for your feelings or emotions <laughs> or your fantasy team. Uh, what I'm going to say, and this is a great stat that I found, before West Ham's Mikel Antonio scored on Saturday, City had gone 18 and a half hours without giving up a goal at the Etihad. Okay. That's, lo- that's longer than all six of the Lord of the Rings and all the Hobbit films com- combined. Combined. That's, that's crazy that you haven't given up a goal in that much time. So fair play to these guys. They're doing it on both sides of the ball. Even when they don't play well, to Heath's point, they're still finding ways to get a result. And I don't want to take anything away from Hes- West Ham either. They, they definitely have some quality that they haven't had before. And a sense of belief and purpose. They seem to really enjoy playing with each other. And that's been really refreshing to see. I, I like seeing that with any team, but, but for whatever reason with West Ham, who have been kind of, I've just been kicked to the curb a lot, you know, and just really couldn't find that one thing to get them going. It, it is very cool for them and to see all their fans uh, super excited, but nobody's stopping this Man City team. And I think the big question for you two now that I want to ask you and for everybody listening, does City have enough now to win the quadruple? Can they win the League Cup, the FA Cup, the Champions League and the Premier League. And I think we could sit here and say, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, day 100%. <laughs> just like, uh, just like Gollum, you know, uh, looking at a lot of the guy, oh, my precious to each one of them. Uh, no, they absolutely have the squad to do it. It's, it's more about where is the focus, right? But it, uh, the squad is so deep. It's so talented that you, again, you can put anybody in a first 11, honestly, even in the Champions League, and they will do the business because Guardiola has that mentality where he's like, as long as everybody is on the same page, we can do whatever. And that's what it looks like right now. Heath Pierce, final thoughts on Man City and, and that question that Jimmy asked. 
Yeah, this is a multi-year system, right? It iterates over time and, and, and it iterates with the game, but it, there is no secrets as to the way City play and the way that they buy players to play a certain way. And they have hiccups along the way, but they have so much depth that it's really, it, it seems easy, like just buy a bunch of players and, and it works out. But it's, it's such a system that it's, it's a lot harder than it looks, right? And now they're humming and yeah, they're creating their own reality. So I, I think the quadruple is not unrealistic, but I do think, you know, you start to look to secure the bag here for, for the Premier League and then, and then Champions Leagues, right? It's got to be the, uh, the bus. But even, even if they finish the year with one of those in the way that they had been going at points of the season, not in, really in a funk, but sort of off the radar, um, you know, one major trophy uh, will be a successful year. And then, you know, there was all this talk of like, is, is Pep Guardiola's, you know, is his, is his reign over? Is he burning the players out? It's the, the typical thing that's cyclical because it's been the same thing for so long, but they just look really energized and buying into the system. And, and so, yeah, for, for the, the quadruple or, you know, hopefully someday we'll see a quintuple, you know, you never know. <laughs> Absolutely. And Hey, uh, as we mentioned earlier at the top of the show, uh, Guardiola and city look at the other teams and happy. Very happy about what happened in the weekend as Manchester United and Chelsea gave us another goal fest, he says sarcastically. Nil, nil, Jimmy Conrad. What do you make of this one? Do you have much to say on this game? I mean, there were a few chances a little bit more exciting than your usual stalemates, but still, nil, nil, as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Thomas Tuchel play out a nil, nil draw. Listen, I'm absolutely buzzing because I told everybody that you should consider betting on this to be a draw and under two and a half goals. And it delivered, baby. Let's go. Prediction God status confirmed. So, yes, I want all 90 minutes of my life back outside of that. But I hit my bet. So I'm pretty excited about that. I would say what's really troubling from a Manchester United perspective is the fact that they haven't scored in their last six against any teams that are traditionally top six. So I throw Arsenal in there. <laughs> Sorry, Heath. And, uh, and, but they haven't scored in those six games. And, and I wonder if it goes back to when Tottenham slapped them six, one at the beginning of the season. And Ole Gunnar's like, Hey, listen, let's just share the points with all the top six and go get the wins against the bottom feeders. And that will somehow propel us into the top three. It's not the worst strategy of all time, but uh, I find it interesting about how conservative they get. Now, both goalkeepers had to make a couple saves. So there was a little bit of action and Bruno Fernandez, you know, there's a big knock on him disappearing against the big teams. I find, I find that to be, I don't know. It, it's nice for he's tired, Jimmy. He's yeah, tired. Of he's tired. He's been carrying. I mean, imagine holding the whole club on your back for a year. I mean, yeah, course, he's, he's tired. tired. Marcus Rashford's tired. I just think he, all the social sometimes, you know, shit, like why are you putting so many minutes uh, against the Real Sociedad when you're already four nothing up, but coming into the second leg, I just, he's tired. What do you think? Uh, Heath Pierce here, another draw. I just, and a little bit more on Chelsea, I guess, because Tuchel remains undefeated. Uh, looked a little bit frustrated. Your boy Pulisic, both of you, uh, he got some minutes. Uh, what'd you make of it? Uh, Heath Pierce on the Chelsea side yeah. specifically. Yeah. Again, I think, I think Jimmy was spot on in the fact that it was a boring game, right? I, I think uh, if you were to go back and my, my brief thoughts on, on United, if you were to go back at the start of the season and, and made that plan, that's a pretty successful plan for Man United. I don't, the only reason that I, I'm probably giving them less slack is because they were in the title race for a decent amount of time. Outside of that, I'm like, hey, hey, Champions League spot, great. Great for Manchester United to get back to that and be consistent and finding a way um, that. But for Chelsea, yeah, it's, it's a good start for Tuchel. He continues to tinker. Um, it sucks that uh, we're not seeing a lot of Pulisic at the moment, but uh, on a personal level. But again, you look at, you look at the, 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 the depth uh, that they have across their, their squad. And again, it, it goes to beg the question of, of, 
you don't see a lot of teams. You see a lot of uh, systems around the world that are about playing young players, right? And Chelsea are currently shifting towards this young player thing. But you don't see a lot of trophies coming out of the clubs that have it. You see selling clubs, you see competing for, for European spots, but you don't see a lot of trophies. And for Chelsea, it's all about trophies there, right? And you're looking at a squad that's rotating a lot of young players that cost a lot of money. And with that comes expectations, but the consistency is never going to be there when you have that many young guys on, on, on the pitch. I do think that they're good in spurts. I think they're, they're really ex- exciting on the attack. Chelsea. I think this is a successful result against uh, a Manchester United team that are, that are a good club. Right. Um, but it's, it was just boring. You know, it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was, I, and I tried to like, I was like, what am I going to say today? You know, what's the angle I'm going to take on this? Like, what, what is, what is the hook? Uh, what's my stance on this whole thing? And it was just like, I was just watching it and watching it, just waiting for something to, to come to me. And I wasn't passively watching either. I was actively watching to see like, what's the, what's the moment from this that I'm trying to gather. And all I got was bored. Like I got bored. <laughs> like, I think maybe I was in too deep trying to like uh, overanalyze on like the thing I could take out of it, but it was, it just, it didn't have a lot of risk. It didn't have a lot of flow. Um, and, and again, maybe I'm giving too much credit to, to, to what to expect out of these games and, and where we're at in the season with both teams, not really wanting to give up too much, uh, fighting for, for what is now just champions league spots. But, um, yeah, which is uh, a but, big but, deal, which yeah. is a big deal because yeah. now that two and Chelsea tie, right, Jimmy, you still got Liverpool with a win against, uh, Sheffield United. Now only one point behind in, in, uh, in, well, Chelsea's fifth, first of all, they're not even in a champions league spot right now. So you got to go at them. This is why I get really frustrated with these top six bunny ears again, top six clubs where they, you know, if you want to make sure that you keep getting recognized and getting that top four spot, like you better go out there and try and win. There were moments in that game where I just thought they were just waiting for the minutes to pass by. But to be fair, back to the original point, Jimmy, I thought that United just looked tired. They just looked tired. So, so while you guys were chatting, I hadn't, actually realized this during the game maybe i saw it and just forgot talking about an angle Ole gunner only made one sub the whole right. game that's crazy sub. like what to your point yes they do look tired and yes they did roll out some of their starters against real sociedad leg two when they didn't need to and took them off at half and whatever maybe to keep them sharp just re- you gotta rest these guys because i looked at their schedule crystal palace next which isn't going to be to Selhurst park which they're usually better on the road so maybe they'll get a result then they play city AC Milan, West Ham, AC Milan, and then Leicester in the FA Cup. And then, oh, by the way, after that, they got Brighton, who aren't easy to beat, and then Tottenham. You know, it's just like this next stretch of games is pretty wild uh, for, for Manchester United. And then for your point about Chelsea, yes, they got a lot of identity issues, and I think Frank Lampard was dealing with the same stuff. The difference between Lampard and Thomas Tuchel is that Tuchel is still getting results while he's tinkering, whereas Frank Lampard didn't know how to do that and couldn't do it consistently. And so – it's interesting to see how they're going to play out because their schedule gets pretty difficult too. They got Liverpool next to your point. Obviously that'll be a big one with regards to the top four. Then they got Everton away to Leeds at home to Atletico Madrid. And then it starts to ease up if there's quote unquote, any easing up with any games remaining in the schedule. But that next stretch for both of these clubs that we're talking about are, are pretty, pretty ridiculous. And we're going to see, I think in a couple of weeks where everybody stands and how things are probably going to play out for the rest of the season. And, and listen, by the way, any other season when we have these discussions, we're thinking, well, they're third or fourth. They're clearly ahead of fifth, sixth, seventh. That's not the case right now. Chelsea's fifth, Liverpool's sixth. Right now there is no champions league for them unless they win it this year. Right? So th- there, there are things to consider. And now we go to third place, Leicester city, 
who choked a little bit. Oh, a lot of credit to Arsenal. I thought they were good. 3-1 to Arsenal. Let's begin with you, Arsenal fan, Heath Pierce. Uh, a good win uh, for, for Arsenal, even though Leicester City scores first. Uh, and then you get uh, your three goals. I thought Nicolas Pepe was fantastic in this one. Uh, a good win for, for, for the Gunners. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go back to to when Jimmy talked about lowly center backs, you know, and uh, <laughs> David Luiz. Uh, there scoring, is no lonely. <laughs> yeah, score, scoring, uh, scoring the goal. But yeah, the, the start of this game was was one that reminded me a little bit of City, where it was just like shut off very early on, and you think, oh man, they're gonna have to like kind of claw their way out, and probably you know, Leicester City being efficient when you give them a chance, this is gonna be a long one for them to come out of. Um, but they did really well. It was a, it was a very complete performance from from Arsenal after the the early goal, which you know isn't uh, typical of of Arsenal. They are on a good stretch right now, um, uh, even though it doesn't feel like it. It just feels like there's always negative news about Arsenal. Then like three four games go by, they can get some good results, and then uh, you don't realize that oh yeah they're in this run of form because they're either in form or they're out of form. There's not really a a consistency to that, but. Overall, you know, the, the issue for me is for Leicester City is obviously um, injuries, right? Johnny Evans and Harvey Barnes left uh, the match. Um, one of them on, uh, I think it was um, Barnes on, on a stretcher. That doesn't look good. Uh, yeah. And then you've got uh, Madison Fofana, you know, Perez, you know, uh, just the whole bunch. I think there's even more than that that are out um, with injuries. And that's where I worry about Leicester for, for, um, their chances in the league, right? They went out in the Europa League. Am I correct? I, yes, I, correct. Yes. They went out in the Europa League. Oh, I, I have a beef with them. Don't you worry. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, this is this is one of those ones where I know we, and Jimmy knows this, like a lot of times you can pinpoint these moments and you say, okay, hey, they're out of the Europa League. One thing left to co- focus on. And it's just, it's just the league. It's easy. You just, you know, now you just yeah. shift it to one focus. But you just got, you were one of the favorites in the Europa League. You just went out. It's not, it, it, sometimes you think it just narrows it down to like less to worry about, but that's a form thing. That can be a deflator. And then you add that to injuries and you start to create and, and your own narrative inside of a locker room. Um, and so, you know, it doesn't help that they then go to play against a, 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 a an arsenal um, and, and an arsenal that were, were, were pretty good all around. I, I dare I give uh, Granite Chaka some credit uh, for some things, but uh, they, they were solid. They were solid. And, and, and I, I worry about Leicester now where they're at for the rest of the season with the injuries that they have and the form that they're in, because, you know, just two weeks ago, I was saying these guys have got to be one of the top four or five in the Europa <laughs> League in terms of chances. And, and they're going to finish in a Champions League spot because they just have that sort of we win games mentality. But it wasn't an uneducated uh, thought because Leicester City were doing well and they were favorites in the Europa League. And it just, you know, like you said, the injuries are just too much sometimes. By the way, they're in the FA Cup quarterfinals against Manchester United. That's going to be another thing to think about. But they still have to play Man City. They still have to play West Ham. Uh, again, United again in the league, then Chelsea, then Tottenham. Their last three games of the season, United, Chelsea, Tottenham. You know, that's not going to be easy for them. So it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, thoughts on, on that game, Jimmy, and uh, feel free to beef it out. Oh, uh, I'm going to beef it out, all right. I wish we had a Thursday podcast after the Europa League because I because we had our Europa League parlay going. And I know Milan we blew it as well, good, but I was yeah. really pissed about Leicester. The fact that they could only muster three shots on goal against Slavia Prague at home is absolutely unacceptable, especially when you have players like Jamie Vardy in your team. And, and the three shots weren't even good ones. They're, they're like, you know uh, – grass cutters or whatever the hell that phrase is. I, I'm bitter right now because I was really excited that we had our whole community. Everybody was coming on Twitter to let us know who they were parlaying with. And 
And uh, I have, yeah, I'm going to be pissed at Lester for a long time. Jimmy, Jimmy, let me, let me interrupt you real quick. Yeah, please. Do. I, I do want to, I do, I do want to point out by the way, that we were talking a few weeks ago about Leicester city resting their squad. They were so informed that they were going to rest in Europa league, right? Like that's what we were talking. That's how we were talking about Lester just two, three weeks ago is like, rotate the squad for Europa League balance they're in form right now and then sorry I just wanted to I wanted to remind uh, everyone that that's the Leicester we were talking about just a couple of weeks ago because they could afford to do it now the injuries have really made it look but they, but to your point Jimmy uh, and, and you will continue after this but I think uh, the Europa League loss kind of set the theme for what happened this weekend yeah it really did I think they're just not the same and it's crazy what one week can do and and now they're also in the FA Cup. They play Manchester United. So we'll see. We'll see how they kind of respond. And obviously, these significant injuries to key players, again, with Johnny Evans and Harvey Barnes, without James Madison in the team, they just, they're just not the same. And it's, it's clear that how important those guys are. When they're, when they're healthy, obviously, they're one of the best. But when they're not, they're just not as strong. Now, I do want to pivot to Arsenal a little bit because you did bring up Nicola Pepe. Uh, I just wanted to say from a fun fact perspective, he scored four goals in his last seven Premier League starts. He's on and- it. That's as many as his previous 21 starts uh, in the competition combined. And I think that's a pretty big deal. And then uh, what I wanted to say, and I actually thought this was a cool stat. This was Arsenal's first away victory against a team starting the day in the top three of the Premier League since January 2015. Wow. They they were winless in their last 14 uh, in these types of games coming into today. Three draws and 11 losses. So I I do. Not only do I want to give Granit Xhaka some love, and I did give him – criticize him a lot. And Willie, I thought Willian was, was very good today as well. Two guys that get are very much maligned, not only from us, but from many people around the world. Uh, they showed up and they were, they, they played well. And I think that bodes well for Arsenal in particular. I thought it was a nice way to rebound going down a goal again against good opposition and then finding a way to get back in the, in the game. And I actually think the penalty right before halftime, I don't know what indeed he was doing a questionable handball, a lot of handball issues uh, this whole week at, around the world. But that giving up a goal like that, if you're Lester and you're feeling vulnerable and things aren't going your way, to give up a goal right before halftime has to be incredibly uh, deflating, I'd say is probably the right word in terms of momentum. And then obviously Arsenal are like, oh my God, we're back in it. We're winning. Let's go finish this off. And they did in the second half. So fair play to Arsenal. I thought it was a good response from them. Yep, and that takes them to top of the table, uh, top half of the table, not top of the table. <laughs> Whoa. Well, tap the brakes, Luis. Let's not get ahead yeah. of myself. I, I, I thought my headphones were cutting out there for a second. I was like, cool. <laughs> I was acting like an Arsenal fan. 13-point 13, 13 uh, game today. Or not. It's like a 30-point 30, 30 game. I gave you way too much praise there. But that takes them to 10th, top half of the table. As Aston Villa beat Leeds United 1-0. And Tottenham, Gareth Bale from the darkness, embraces and scores a brace. Uh, I mean, it is Burnley. But, you know, Tottenham look good and a good response uh, from what's been going on in the league recently. Jimmy Conrad, Tottenham, Everton play on Monday, by the way, so they're seventh. Tottenham are in eighth place mm-hmm. with a good win against Burnley. Villa beat Leeds, they're ninth. Uh, just thoughts on either game, both games. Uh, the mic is yours. Well, one of the things that we would talk about, and I'm sure Heath was part of these conversations when we were players, was that you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are. And and I want to say with regard to Tottenham, I'm not going to get caught up in this. Burnley have only won one out of their last eight. They're not playing particularly well. But this was important, I would say, from a psychological standpoint for Spurs. Yeah. They, they needed a comprehensive win. They needed Gareth Bale in particular to start to show up and have some confidence. It looked like he's actually enjoying himself. And he seems to have this connection with Hingman's son in particular. They, they, they're sharing in the celebration. You look for that body language. I think that stuff's important. 
And what I thought Spurs did a very good job of, and they've been doing it pretty well throughout the season, but it felt more of like a two-man team of Kane and Hingman's son, is one of those guys would get the ball and then kind of drift wide and then look while they have a pocket of space, they just run runners through. And I thought they did a really nice job of that today. Gareth Bale's first goal is good evidence of that. And, and uh, Harry Kane and Hingman's son have been combining on that all season. But they did it with more purpose. I thought they committed more numbers uh, in the box. Lucas Moore ended up scoring one as well, where he's inside the box. He's joining in late. And they're doing a really good job of that in particular. When that's on and when teams can't all of a sudden, if you're your center back and you think you have Harry Kane and then Gareth Bale comes out of nowhere and you're like, who do I mark? When they put teams like that on their back foot and, and make it hard for defenders to know which person to get, they are really, really, really good. It's just, I think on the, it's the defensive side of the ball is really what's been hurting them. So we could say all these goals are important and Gareth Bale's important, but that clean sheet might be equally important for Spurs. Just be like, all right, cool. Let's just lock things down in the back again and really tighten things up. And if we get goals, great, but let's, you know, let's, let's make sure we got it locked up back here. So yeah, b- big win and, and important for both sides of the ball. Yeah, and listen, Tottenham registered their first, uh, their biggest league win at that stadium since around the time Mourinho actually arrived in December 2019, which also actually that game happened to be also against Burnley. It was 5 nothing. So Burnley is a good way for them to get their momentum. Heath, any thoughts on Tottenham as they, uh, you know, a good win, albeit uh, not necessarily the strongest opponent, but, you know, a good win. And to Jimmy's point, the chemistry is looking a little better. Yeah, Gareth Bale looks fitter he looks skinnier he looks more excited if you saw his first games every time Gareth Bale would get the ball um previously you'd look at him and you'd be like be Gareth Bale right run past the guy take a touch drive to your uh, towards your right foot and go past him go over, cut inside on your left and it, it just wasn't happening it wasn't working and he just looks slow kind of lethargic and they've been it seems like they've been able to whether it's get him fit or get him mentally motivated or back into it he beats his first man on the dribble today. Every time he wanted to go past somebody, he went past him on, on a stride, and he's got that long stride. You know, when he set up uh, Harry Kane uh, for, for, for his goal, when he hit that long diagonal to him, he hit it in a way that I haven't seen him strike the ball, right? That confidence of just clean, and it just – he looked in form, and, you know, that was a just a pleasant surprise to see everything he did. And then, obviously, his, uh, one of his goals where he just – pings it to the back post with his left foot cutting inside. You're just like, that's old Gareth Bale, right? And we've seen flashes and we've given him such a hard time over the last few years. Uh, but that's the closest I've seen to why you would want him at the club and the difference he can make where now it's like, like Jimmy said, where it's like, okay, who do I take? Like, who, who are we going to stop here? Because now you have somebody who can drive inside, outside, and you're starting to have more of that dynamic in the attack that a uh, Man City has with a Riyad Mahrez where they can go left, right? You have somebody driving inside. You can have people overlapping. It's just... That whole, it just changes the the way in which you attack. And then when you're defending, you're like, literally, do I take the runner? Do I stay? Do I go inside? Do we bunker in? And it's just, a, you know, he is an X factor when he's at that level. So I just wanted to point that out from that game. Um, obviously not a great opponent, but certainly one that you want to build on with a clean sheet. And obviously the more you can get Gareth Bale into the mix uh, and come to fruition, uh, the better for the club. And when that happens, just to echo Jimmy Jimmy's point, then you get players like Moda going inside the box. Now you have more threat. And now Tottenham suddenly are not just about Harry Kane, not just about human son. They're now multiple threats from all over the pitch. And that's good news. By the way, I'm not leaving without saying, uh, without Jack Grealish, without Matty Cash, Aston Villa wins once nothing and, and Ellen Road. That hasn't happened in a while. Uh, and so uh, with that, Villa are ninth. And, uh, you know, uh, with a game in hand as well, 
Uh, only one point uh, behind Everton, four points behind Liverpool, uh, with two games in hand on that one as well. So the table, the top half of the table looks interesting. Uh, so I don't know if you want to say anything about that game, if you saw it. Uh, but before I wanted to move on to the rest of Europe, aside from that, I wanted to just quickly touch base on, on, on the relegation battle. Because Newcastle, uh, a draw against Wolves. Fulham, though, couldn't win either. Uh, Sheffield United just lost to Liverpool. Brighton loses. I don't know if you saw that game, but my God. Uh, so any thoughts from the bottom of the table, Jimmy Conrad? Well, you guys know I'm a Newcastle fan, a long-suffering Newcastle fan, and uh, I was happy that we scraped a 1-1 result against a pretty solid team in Wolves. I know it's not the same Wolves when everybody's healthy, but, you know, it's something. It's, it's a point in the right direction, and at this point, we have to keep pace with Fulham. We're only three points above them. We have the players to do it. I, I really wish that Alonson Maximin, he's got so much sauce. You know, I love how he plays. But I just need him to sprinkle that sauce to everybody. We need, we need everybody having that same sauce, you know, that same swagger, that confidence to be able to win games and pull things out. I don't know. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight and a struggle throughout the rest of the season. And Fulham are getting close. West Brom with the big win. You know, they're only you know six points behind Fulham, nine behind Newcastle. But that can change pretty quickly. A couple of results, as we're seeing with Leicester right now. A couple of weeks ago to his point, we're talking about how they're contenders in multiple competitions. And now we're talking about how they're probably not going to make the top four and they look like trash right now. So it's just funny how, how quickly things can change. And so we'll see, I'm hoping that it changes for the positive with Newcastle and, and, uh, but I'm not holding out hope. <laughs> and by the way, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but they're also waiting on scans on Miguel Almiron and say Maximum after picking up injuries. Yeah, okay. In that. You know what? I was just trying to look at the good stuff. Okay. Oh, God, Luis. Bring we don't know. We don't know uh, yet what the outcome is. We don't know yet. Uh, I, I will say, by the way, on, on, on the, on the relegation battle, did you guys watch the 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 the, the VAR shambles of the West Brom Brighton Brighton game? Uh, which I one? I, I saw yeah. Brighton. Yeah. So the there was twice, two but... penalties missed. Yeah. yeah. So that mm-hmm. that's that's one uh, factor that's not playing well for for the luck or lack thereof. Uh, actually, I don't think that's luck. They missed. Uh, they hit the bar on 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 penalties, which you shouldn't do. Correct. Um, However, there was a moment, and I don't know if you, you got a chance to see it, uh, where the, re- the referee blew his whistle. They took the quick free kick. That's right. And then he blew oh, his yeah, whistle just that. before it went that. in. And, yeah. and, and he blew the whistle to start the play, and then obviously kind of saw that, uh, you know, whatever he saw, decided to blow it again because goalkeeper was out of position, but he blew it to start, and, and they blew it back. And so it was another one of these VAR moments that shifted the whole energy of the game, um, obviously, because – you know, he blew his whistle to start the play and they, they did a quick release and then he blew it right before it crossed the line. And so the VAR was whether or not they could hear the whistle, the second whistle before it crossed the goal line to call it back. Because had they not, it's a goal. It was just a, a really bizarre situation between two teams that desperately need points uh, just, to, just to be safe with both of them fighting relegation right now. So I wanted to, uh, you know, point that out for anybody who didn't get a chance to, to see that. I know West Brom and, and Brighton Hove Albion isn't exactly the top of people's, you know, weekend viewing list. So it, it's worth going to watch. Uh, it, it, and like we've talked about before, it's, you always know something's going down when, when a highlight package from a game like that is like 22 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, absolutely. Was there that many, was there that many shots? And you realize, no, there's like nine minutes of controversy. So uh, go and watch it. Yeah. The referee Lee Mason really lost control of that game. I, I think. Uh, and to your point, it's, it's a major, major decision that could co- come costly as we get closer. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the rest of Europe, 
including La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga. Stay right here. Que golazo. Weekend recap. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to Kego Lasso Weekend Recap, everybody. Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. We are now talking the rest of Europe, and let's begin In España, let's go to La Liga and Jimmy Conrad, Sevilla, Barcelona tipped obviously for a big game this weekend. And it was a good game with Barcelona taking control here two nothing against Sevilla, taking them to second place, 53 points. Sevilla stays in fourth. Uh, Lionel Messi did his thing playing well, but Dembele got a goal. Uh, a, a good game all around. Uh, How did you see it, Jimmy? Well, first, I'm going to say that Leo Messi, in tight spaces, his decision-making, his ability to adapt and also change his speed and to do all that in half a second is just insane. It's, second to, it's insane. I, I tweeted about it, and Luis Garcia tweeted back at me, the legend for Liverpool and Barcelona. He goes, do you think he's born with that, or do you think he developed that? And I think it's a little bit of both, right? I think he's born with these natural talents that later get developed. And, and obviously, when he got put into a system like Barcelona, it fits him perfectly. And it's incredible. I, I just, when you watch the second goal, if you guys have a chance to see the second goal, his decision-making and his, ah, it's just ridiculous. And, I, and, and it's hard not to love what that guy brings to the table. When he's motivated, when he, you can tell how much it means to him. He scored that goal, and it, it mattered. It mattered to him. And obviously with all the speculation about whether he's going to leave or stay when he's, when he plays, and I don't know, I'm sure we can, we can name a, a handful of players in, in all sports that, that do this, but I feel like when he plays, he is in the moment. He's not thinking about anything else. There could be tax evasion problems going on with him. There could be all kinds of crap going on behind the scenes. Him Did you leaving. say there could be, or, or there, oh, there, you know what? I'll <laughs> let you, I'll let you add the asterisk next to that or <laughs> italics or whatever. Yeah. But but he just just plays and, and it's it's incredible. It's incredible to watch he, that that goal against Sevilla, his eighth. He scored in eight straight games now. The guy's unreal. They haven't lost since December. They're hanging around. We talk about Real Madrid. These two clubs in particular know how to hang around. And I worry about Atletico Madrid, who are beating Villarreal and, and, and are going to remain on top of the table. And they're going to have to fight it out because I just think these other two clubs who are usually the champions are going to do it. There is something, and I don't haven't said this much when I watched Barcelona play, but I thought Ronald Koeman really got his tactics right in this one. They they switched to a like a three four one two, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, but they went with a three in the back, put Dest a lot higher. Jordi Alba's all of a sudden like running up there like he's Theo Hernandez from AC Milan. Like who cares about defending? We're going forward. Let's go. Let's have a party. 
And it's just really hard for other teams to defend, especially if you can't keep the ball to really exploit the space that Barcelona will give you if you can hold on to it. But they're so good at pressing and winning it back. It makes it tough. I'm pretty disappointed in Sevilla. Anytime they faced off against a good team this season, they struggle. Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Chelsea, Borussia Dortmund, Barcelona. They just, they just can't hit those guys in a way those, those, those teams are used to playing against good players. They're used to being around these guys. And I know they got Barcelona a little bit earlier in the first uh, leg of the, the uh, Copa del Rey semifinals. And I'm curious to see what happens midweek when they play again, but I don't know. I, I think when it comes to the league or, or in European competition, there's something off a little bit with Sevilla right now. And, and I don't know what it is exactly. It could be injuries. They don't have Ocampos, you know, uh, and Esri didn't start uh, this past weekend, but he came on late. I don't know. Maybe Julian Lopetegui is running into things that we just can't put our finger on. Well, I think that, you know, uh, the pressures of being in the knockout stages of the Champions League could could add to it because they've been Europa League darlings for so long. But you make good, two good points about the Barcelona win. One is Lionel Messi. That's obvious. By the way, 33 years old. We're not talking about a 23-year-old. He's 33 and he's still doing his thing. Uh, and the second point that you made was, you listen, we've, we've criticized Ronald Koeman a lot in this show. This one, he was spot on. Spot on. The formation that you talk about was insanely smart. This, this sort of four line behind Dembele and Messi. I thought Sergio Busquets was very, very good. It was just a very good uh, performance and he outmanaged mm-hmm. uh, Lopetegui, to be honest, aside from Lionel Messi, of course. Heath Pierce, uh, what do you make of it? Uh, especially to Jimmy Connors' point, which is they're undefeated since December, you know, in the league, like, in the league that is in the league, yeah. in the league. PSG obviously doing their thing against them in the Champions League, and that's pretty much shadowed the narrative. But you know, they're sticking around, and and to Jimmy's point again, Atleti better keep going because Barcelona right there. Yeah, I mean, it goes back 15 games unbeaten, right? But the the, the better of that is they've won nine of their last 10. So it's not just yeah. like they're they're finding ways to keep getting points. Like nine of the last 10, they've taken three points. Um, for me, uh, one, I, I know that it, it's, it's, it's got to make Komen suffer to not play a Dutch system, right? So to go to three. Like, that is what you call sacrificing one's yes. own uh, personal beliefs for the greater good of, of the team. But, uh, but I do think it's genius in a lot of ways. One, as Jimmy mentioned, when they lost the ball, it put them in a lot of high positions to just collapse on teams, right? Literally just high press and transition where you have your outside backs already in a higher position, but it not, you're not as vulnerable. When you have your wingbacks there, Serginho Dest, and this has been my biggest criticism of him before he was Barcelona Serginho Dest, is his first couple of games with the, the, the U.S. team, he got burned. He got burned regularly on defense. And, and you go, okay, Barcelona, perfect. This is the perfect scenario for him because they're going to have the ball all the time. His starting position is on the half line. His transition just needs to be fast to, to, to fall back behind the ball or, or press on, on a transition. But, but today it made a lot of sense, right? And, and they were able to control the, the width of the field. They were control the height. And when you have a Dembele who, who's now able to, in transition, just stretch teams, uh, it changes things, right? When you're a team that knows that most of the possession is going to happen underneath you, you can start to cheat up and the game can be predictable, even against the Barcelona, right? You just have to hope that they don't create moments of magic, which they, they clearly are at the moment. Uh, but, you know, when you have somebody like that that's that fast and can punish you and stretch a team backward – then it really becomes hard to stop. And now you've got numbers everywhere where, where you're just kind of left questioning how you're going to solve that, how you're going to get the ball back. And when you get it, how are you going to keep possession and then break the first line of press so that you can settle in a little bit? And I think uh, Sevilla really struggled uh, with that, even though there wasn't a lot of chances out of Barcelona in the first half, even though Serginho Dest at some point 
really uh, had almost had a banger and hit it off the off off the post, which would have been great for us U.S. fans. But um, overall, <laughs> again, th- yeah, they're 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 in such a, a good form. I do worry about Atletico. I know they have a little bit more of a gap on Barcelona because Real Madrid uh, have a game in hand. Hopefully, Sociedad help them tomorrow. Uh, help. Uh, Atletico at the top of the table um, by, by getting a, re- a result against Real Madrid, but uh, yeah, Barcelona and, and yeah, they're just lingering and this one's going to go down late because there are th- th- this last run of form for, for Atletico. I'm, I'm a bit worried about, even though they are going to get the result. They got the result today. They're, 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 they're I, you know, and still top of the table. I worry about the sustainability of that because they don't look the same as they did a month ago or, or especially two months ago. Yeah, well, as we speak, they're beating Villarreal 2-0 and a few other little points here. They obviously, as well, you know, let's not forget, they have a game in hand as well. They're top of the table. But to your point, you know, they're only five points above Barcelona. They After the Villarreal game, they got the Madrid derby, which is huge. Athletic Bilbao, which is, you know, not going to be... They're no easy games in La Liga. Getafe after that, then the Chelsea game. But they still have to play Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, uh... You know, they still have to play Barcelona, Real Sociedad. You know, there's still games for Atleti to play and make sure that they keep continuing. Obviously, they're big games for everybody, but uh, this next month and a half is very tough for Atleti. So they just have to keep rolling. And, and you know, because of their system and then the way that they play, you want to, if you're an Atleti fan, you want to make sure, can you hold on and, and stay and keep it together? Because it's so, so close for them to uh, finally retrieve uh, La Liga title. But any final thoughts on uh, Real Madrid, uh, Heath's point? They play Monday, by the way. But any final points, Jimmy, on, on La Liga and this race? Yeah, I'm just going to bring up uh, Barcelona one more time because I was looking at their schedule. And yes, they play Sevilla midweek in the second leg. They're down. 2-0 in this uh, Copa del Rey semifinal. So I'm curious to see how they perform after just beating them 2-0. They have a lot of work to do, but if they can score first, I think we can all agree that that puts oh, them in a good position. Oh, it can definitely Change very quickly. And Sevilla seem a little down on themselves. So we'll see what that momentum carries over. Barcelona dropped four points to Cadiz. Okay, Cadiz just got promoted. They're 15th in the table. They're going to look back potentially on this, right? Because... Once Atletico gets, they got two games in hand, they'll get these three points. You know, they'll be five behind, potentially eight, but they dropped four points to Cadiz in their two games against Cadiz. Cadiz had four shots on goal over two games and scored three of them. Mm. Barcelona had 82%. This is on average over the two games, 82% possession. These Cadiz scored, what? They scored three goals on four shots. That is next level. And I think it would be crazy if you look back on the season and if Barcelona loses the league by... By four points or less, you're going to have to look at those two games against Cadiz. I just wanted to bring that up because I find that to be remarkable. Cadiz just has Barcelona's number for whatever reason. Well, I'll tell you what, Atleti should send like a huge like <laughs> no, champagne. No joke, no joke. <laughs> to Cadiz. Uh, May 9th, by the way, Barcelona, Atletico, Madrid. That should be a great game. All right, let's uh, move around Europe here. Serie A continues to be interesting. Inter Milan do the business uh, against Genoa 3 nothing. And AC Milan just about make it happen against a very tough Roma. They win 2-1 in the end. Juventus play uh, on Monday, I believe, right? So, uh, you know, the top of the table is interesting. Uh, let's begin with no, you. Juve, Juve played on Saturday and tied with Hell Yes Verona. Oh, that's right. 1-1. That's yeah, right. Cristiano Ronaldo scored first. And then I actually thought... Uh, 
it's not hell yes it's it's hey us you know hey us Verona. they they should have uh i just i think it's funnier to call it hell yes but they 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 had more chances i actually thought they they could have maybe stolen all three points so that's yes, right and they scored may, late. bad scored in the 77th minute that's right yeah so that's a that's a big drop points and it's looking more like inter milan are going to run away with this even with ac milan beating roma well, let's stay here then. Inter Milan, 56 points. Milan, 52 points. Juve, 46. Atalanta, 46. Roma, 44. And then it, it's still very tight for a Champions League spot and Europa. Uh, Heath, uh, you stick, who are you sticking with uh, winning uh, Serie A? Yeah, I mean, Lukaku continues to score, and I think that's a, an indicator of, of, of the form that they're in. Zlatan went out with an injury today on the groin. I don't know if it was just a, a precautionary thing, but... Uh, you know, in, in, in the throes of a very important game uh, for them, uh, didn't stay on when it was, he went out when it was 1-1. Uh, and, and so I, I don't like AC Milan right now. You're, you're, you're seeing, they don't seem to have a trust in Leao. They don't have a trust in Delo. They don't have a trust in Brahim Diaz. All those guys, they're seemingly uh, not believing in, in, in certain players that were delivering for them early on in the season. I, w- I would love to say this is uh, rotational issues or just uh, squad rotations, and maybe it is, but at the same time, uh, it just seems like there isn't a consistent team that you go to to get results right now. And so I'm a bit worried about AC Milan. Juventus, I think we've seen they've had enough of these road bumps that I just don't see there being enough consistency uh, for their once in a decade dropping of the league trophy. Uh, and so, you know, they, they continue to find themselves in games where they should, a, a Juventus normally could close out a one nil, uh, but, but they don't, or, or they're down one nil and can't find a way to get two goals where magically those would appear uh, in previous seasons uh, when they're in form. So I, I, I like Inter to, to finish out on, on top of this one, just on pure form alone. Um, and, and Lukaku being the, you know, what, what I think is the, by far the best striker in, in Serie A this year. Yeah, and by the way, you know, I know it's a very boring thing that we always repeat, but Inter Milan don't have to worry about anything else, right? Milan now has Manchester United in the Europa League, right? Juventus still has the Champions League. It's, there's a lot going on. Jimmy, uh, Milan, yeah, but, you know, they did beat Roma at Roma. You know, it's not an easy uh, victory here. Can they do it four points behind Inter Milan? No, I don't think they can. Uh, I think Heath is right with regard to his assessment. I think that Milan maybe we're playing a little bit above what they were capable of. Everybody was playing to the height of their potential. And I think there's just going to be this natural drop off. Slaton being hurt, not going to help. He was rubbing his groin as much as that's probably not the greatest visual for everybody, but he was rubbing his groin a little bit uh, earlier in the game. And then eventually I think it just was too much and yeah. he ended up pulling himself off. And I think when he's not on the field, they're just different. They, they, they don't have the same type of presence. I do like Rafael Leao a lot, who ended up coming in for him, but he's not Zlatan. Nobody's Zlatan, and he brings something that a lot of other players don't. And, and he also raises kind of the expectation that you need to play better. You know, he expects you to play very, very well, and I think that permeated through the team. And now that they've suffered a few losses, I just don't know if they have the backbone yet to really fight through that, like, especially against an Inter Milan team that are lights out. I mean, I can't say enough about how good they are. I mean, they scored 30 seconds into this game against Genoa. They want it. It's they're hungry for it. You can see it. How bad this means. They want to win something. They want to win the Scudetto, and it shows right from the first minute. And they're all playing together. Christian Eriksen's now on the team on a regular basis. That's something we didn't think we'd be saying a month ago. He's looked very good. They're settling in with him in the midfield. Barella is fantastic. One of the best young players in the world. Uh, Brozovic is good. The Darmian is now. They play a three-five. Dar- <laughs> Darmian was bombing for it. He scored. And, and you know, if he's not there, Ashraf Hakimi's in. Yeah, uh, they're just they're just really well balanced right now. 
And, and Lataro Martinez and Romelu Lukaku up top, next level. And if that back three just kind of holds things together, Brosevich in, in front kind of keeping everything in check and making it hard for teams to play, I just don't see Inter dropping too many games. And I just don't think Juve is going to have enough. I think they're, they are going to drop more points. If they maybe get knocked out of the Champions League by Porto, maybe we could have a different conversation because, like we said before, with that narrative, this will be one of the only things they have to focus on. I know they still have the Copa Italia final against Atalanta, but outside of that, that would be it. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, Inter Milan have a very doable schedule, by the way. And by the time they have to face Juventus, which is the penultimate game of the season, it might have already be done. So, you know, they just have to keep rolling. Yeah, can I? And, and I think the Ericsson point, Jimmy, is a great one because he wanted out. Right. He was he trying did. to leave. And and now you can see the form of the team that that even somebody like that, that has the ability to cause chaos. Right. And I, I'm not saying that him as a person is that type of person, but somebody who wants out isn't sure able to you're not Heath. Go ahead. Yeah. Just, just, but <laughs> but, you know, you know the, the Danes are good people. You know, they're very simple. people. They're not controversial people. You know, um, they're socialists. Uh, so, you know, the nah, man, I'm still better after the World Cup in that first game. Peru is still is still we have a little tough thing against the Danes. They're, they're mischievous, those Danes. Yeah, they are. They are. They are a small nation of just like six million people. You know, they're all they're all they're they're up to something. They're up um, to something. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, th that attitude that he's had, it, it, very often we see those players sort of just become part of a roster and sort of wait their time until they got to go somewhere else. But, you know, and not to say that he's not going to be a good professional, but his form has picked up, right? There is a belief from everyone, including him. And now he's a regular in the team and he's contributing towards this title race. So I just think you start to look at those little tiny pieces come, come into place and they can all sort of smell blood. Plus they were trailing behind AC Milan who were firing on all cylinders for most of the season, but Inter weren't struggling. They weren't suffering. They weren't, you know, in a poor run of form, they were just like kind of going like pace, like kind of hit for hit with, with a team that was just doing a little bit better. Like, I think they were like one draw or they had a win when, when Inter had a draw and it was like that tight all season long, but now Inter hits this dip. And now, I mean, AC Milan hits the dip and now Inter, you can see that consistency and form is continuing like on. So, yeah. yeah. And it's amazing. The fact that Ericsson's uh, turnaround came because of that 97th minute, free kick in Coppa Italia. That basically changed everything. Antonio Conte said it. Ericsson himself said it. It just lifted everybody. The fact that it was against AC Milan, it's kind of amazing how things just transformed just because of one moment. And that's exactly really uh, what happened. Any final thoughts uh, on Serie A before we uh, wrap up here? We're getting closer. Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll say for two goal scorers, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 47th goal in his last 47 Serie A matches. I mean, the guy is a goddamn machine. If we're going to sit here and praise Messi, we should at least praise his counterpart in the same way. Those are unbelievable stats. And he's older than Messi. What is he, 35, 36? The guy's a robot. Yeah. And then and then I do want to give a shout-out to one of Luis's favorite, Luis Muriel, because uh, yeah. it, it to beat Sampdoria 2-0. And now Luis Muriel has scored... I wrote this down, scored 14 goals and provided five assists in the league, which is one involvement, some kind of goal involvement every 42 minutes. Okay. And that's the best average among the players of the top five European leagues who have played more than 70 plus minutes in the 2021 season, 20 to 2020, 2021 season. And I don't think we talk about Luis Muriel enough. What a fantastic player. He's amazing, man. On his day, I'm telling you, he's unplayable. They're, they're like uh, Fab Romano, our friend, our colleague, saying how like in Italy, sometimes they say, listen, he has shades of phenomenal sometimes. 
Like he's that talented. It's just that he needs consistency, etc. But absolutely, Luis uh, Moreno. How old is he? I don't even know how Luis. How old is Luis? Twenty nine. Damn. So you know, there's time. There's time. Uh, uh, and the problem is also because, you know, from a Colombian perspective, he's always been in the shadow of other strikers and, you know, Duván Zapata lining it up. And of course, everything goes through James Rodriguez, etc. Mm-hmm. But Luis Muriel is a force. And uh, finally, he's been up and down. Yeah, he's 29. Up and down. He's been throughout his career, gone on loan on many clubs. Finally, he has a home with Atalanta. And, and it's good to see. Good to see. And, and we'll see what happens, of course, in the Champions League because it's a thin margin against uh, Real Madrid. All right. Uh, we want to talk Bundesliga a little bit here, Heath Pierce. Bundesliga, biggest topics here. Bundesliga, Bayern Munich got their victory. Uh, anything else to think about? RB Leipzig, of course, uh, had a big game this past weekend against uh, uh, Gladbach. They won 3-2 in that one. Uh, so when you look at the table in the Bundesliga, Bayern's still up top, but only two points above Leipzig. And Wolfsburg and Eintracht Frankfurt are still in the top four. Uh, Dortmund in fifth with 39 points. Heath Pierce, anything from the Bundesliga? Yeah, uh, obviously Josh Sargent uh, was able to uh, put an end to the run of form of Eintracht Frankfurt with a, with a, with a, a solid performance uh, in, in that game. Honestly, my main takeaway, and Leipzig it came down to the wire for them to come out with three points, and they continue in the race with Bayern Munich. I, it, but it, it kills me because I don't want... RB Leipzig in a title race with Bayern Munich because it's not going to happen. That is not a title race. I don't care. They keep squeaking out results. They find ways to grind. They're a like, it's, it's impressive the way that they stay in the games. I want Dortmund in a title race with Bayern Munich. If you watch <laughs> them play when they're good, they are the one of the best teams in Europe. And it drives me nuts because we get on this thing on a Sunday and I go, wow. And then the next Sunday I go, gosh, man, maybe a manager change. I don't know. They're not motivated. They can't play. They don't move, but um, that's my main main sort of takeaways from the weekend is that it's a little bit disappointing. I, I, all credit to RB Leipzig. They're, they're a very good team, but they, I just don't see them having enough uh, because, you know, Bayern's not going to let off and they're not going to just go like, it's going to go like, can RB Leipzig do it week after week after week? And they might get one single moment for the rest of the year and they're going to have to take it. And I don't know if they'll, they'll have that, that power. Whereas, you know, who I want is a Dortmund. I want Dortmund at, Dortmund at their best uh, against a, a Bayern Munich, but unfortunately, well, keep I don't even know if I'll get Dortmund. I don't even know if I'll get them in the Champions League. Heath, 13 sure. points behind Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund is. You can keep wishing for that title race as much as you want. They're not even in a Champions League spot. This yeah. is tough. They're a very exciting team to watch, but facts don't lie. Ball don't lie. They're not in the Champions League spot right now. Jimmy Conrad, final thoughts on Bundesliga. Uh, anything that you wanted to just bring up as we uh, wrap this up? Yeah, really quick. I'll just say with regard to Bayern Munich, they had been without Thomas Muller for a little while because of COVID and he came back. He got subbed into this game in the 64th minute and within one minute he had an assist to Robert Lewandowski. I'm like, this is, this is unbelievable. These guys, these guys are unbelievable. And that connection between Muller and Lewandowski for everybody that doesn't watch the Bundesliga and watches only the Premier League, it's very Kane slash Hingman's son combination. They're just always looking for each other. And it was ridiculous. I do want to say that Leon Goretzka played a lot higher up the field for Bayern. I thought today he had three assists. So that bodes well. I think Bayern, even though they had a bit of a dip in form, a lot of games, right, in the FIFA Club World Cup, they're starting to round into that peak form that we can see from Bayern where they just become unstoppable. And this is a good time, obviously, in the midst of the Champions League. Uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, ever since they announced that Marco Rose was leaving the Borussia Dortmund, they've been absolute dog crap. And they've, they've dropped a 2-0 lead to RB Leipzig. Unacceptable. Borussia Dortmund, 
He gave up a lot of opportunities, by the way, to Armenia Bielefeld. They didn't score those three goals until the second half. So, yes, I want to see Dortmund do it too, Heath, but they still have some vulnerabilities that they can be exposed. I don't know if Sevilla is going to do it in the next round, but I think they will get found out at some point. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. There's there's a lot to talk about the Bundesliga as well, but uh, those are the, the top highlights for me. Can, can well, I make one more Bundesliga point? Yeah, of course. The, the Schalke, mic is yours. Schalke is in shambles. Scheisse. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as in Shiza. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's really bad, you know, and to go back to like, okay, this was a, a while back, but when, was I, was the, when I was in the four coaches in one season. Yeah. Four coaches, one in season. When I was, when I, when I was in the, uh, when I was in Germany and playing the Bundesliga, I remember going to Schalke for the first time is when Jermaine Jones was there. And, and I remember stepping into their stadium. It's an indoor stadium. You, you walk up from below and you look out and it's insane, right? Champions League club four years, like a huge, huge club and they cannot seem to get it right. And now they've cleaned house everyone from their trainer to like their sporting director to everyone is out. And, and with Matthew Hoppy there um, on the verge of signing a new deal, saying he owes loyalty to them. I would be questioning uh, if there's any, I, I don't know where he goes. Cause I still think he has a long way to go to be, to be a, a, a top player or even a Bundesliga quality player consistently. But yeah, it, it's just, a, it's a shame to see a club. That's that, that big, um, have this many problems. Uh, and, and yeah, I just, I don't, you know, yeah, no, I have a soft spot for Schalke. Heverson Farfan used to play for them. Uh, it's a real shame. And, uh, I'm just checking, uh, the Bundesliga here, the table Four coaches in a season is terrible, but they are bottom of the table. Oh my God, man. Their goal difference is under 45 minus 45. Honestly, me and me and Heath could probably still roll it out there and do just as uh, worse. Oh yeah. as, uh, Unbelievable. Bad. I don't know. It would be an honor. I would it love would to play. It would be an honor. Would be. <laughs> you know? hey, let's make it happen. This is an official pitch right now. Uh, Schalke, but no, it's unbelievable. They've only won once uh, and, and four managers in the space of a season is never, never good news, but Hey, Hey, before I go, actually, I, it just made me think we're talking Dortmund. We're talking Bayern Munich. Uh, who's going further in the in the Champions League? You still, do you have Bayern Munich winning it again, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm not moving off of that. Even though Man City look like not the heavy favorite, but look like the favorite at the moment. I'm going to stay with Bayern Munich. Interesting, Heath. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with uh, Bayern Munich as well. And great shout out on Jefferson Farfan. Uh, that's a good shout. I like the PSV Eindhoven. Big legend there. That's dude. Right. I like that. Really good player. Still, is he still playing? By the way, I, 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 is he still playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. just re he's rehabbing from injury. He was playing for Lokomotiv Moscow. He's back in Peru rehabbing. He's getting offers. Uh, many thought MLS teams were intrigued, but apparently not. And he's not interested. I think he's more interested in the Liga MX move. Yeah. But he's still he's still doing his thing, man. Still well, doing sounds, his thing. It sounds like you're pitching him to us now. You know, hey. now you're uh, we got our you know, Luis working a little agent, doing a little agent work on the side, Jimmy. Heath, Heath, any Peruvian, I'll just pitch you. If, if it's like, you know, <laughs> if it's my cousin who can't play for, sh like, I'll still pitch him. Like, it doesn't uh, matter. But no, like he's it. still doing his thing. But anyway, back to the Champions League thing. Bayern Munich has to be the favorite. But I think Man City is very close. And I know, I know, we say this almost every season. It's going to depend on the draw, man. It's going to yeah, depend on the that's draw. that's true. Truly. Should be interesting to see what happens. But anyway. That was our weekend recap. You can't say, everybody, that we don't give you a full show because that was a full show. Before we go, final thoughts. Jimmy Conrad. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Ajax, who got a 90th minute penalty to tie PSV Eindhoven, which keeps them six points on top of the table with the game in hand. 
PSV's in second. So if they had won that, it would have been a little bit, a little bit more exciting, I think, for the rest of it. But I think Ajax are going to win the Eredivisie. Congratulations to them. Sporting Club de Portugal took on FC Porto. First versus second, 0-0. Very Man United Chelsea in that one. But that puts uh, Sporting 10 points clear of Porto and 13 points clear of Benfica when Benfica wins tomorrow. And Braga is now in second with nine or nine points behind. So I just want to give a shout out to Sporting Club de Portugal for winning the Portuguese league. That's pretty big deal. Love it. Yeah, no, shout out. Absolutely. Uh, Well-deserved. Heath Pierce, final thoughts. Uh, yeah, it was the uh, Olympic uh, derby today with uh, <clears throat> Lyon and Marseille. Ended in 1-1. Clearly, Lyon don't want this title either. Uh, Lille <laughs> dropped points on the weekend as well. Right. Uh, PSG were able to win. So that's an, another league worth worth tuning into because it seems like uh, they're playing hot potato with the title race and uh yeah i honestly don't know who's going to take that especially lil go out of europa league and now they've only got this to focus on and that could again be that dagger where it's like oh gosh you know we had everything and now we have nothing so uh and and psg are, are knocking on the door and leon clearly don't want it either so um and then there's monaco so you know enjoy Liga, <laughs> always intriguing uh, i'm gonna give a shout out to club america they beat uh, Pachuca 2-0 last night. Watch this game. First of all, Richard Sanchez with a golazo. Golazo. Then he gets sent off in the 90th minute, by the way. And also Pedro Aquino, Peruvian, scores his first goal for the club. He, he just won Liga MX actually after uh, moving from Leon. So that's a good one. But uh, Liga MX, always a fun one to watch. Oh, by the way, Atleti ended up winning against Villarreal. Jimmy, thank you, brother. Thank you, and good luck to my Tijuana Zolos Cholos tonight against Monterrey. Let's go, vamos. Absolutely, vamos. Heath Pierce, thank you, man. Thanks for having me, and 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 uh, shout out to Hefferson Farfan, our biggest fan on <laughs> Good Luck on the Rehab, and and uh, yeah, that's it for me. La Fopita. <laughs> Hey, everybody. I want to thank Keith Pierce and Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. It really helps us to grow the show. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher, youtube.com forward slash Golasso. We're on cbsports.com. I hope you have a great start to your week and keep enjoying the beautiful game. See you next should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.